Haunted Travelers Podcast, your weekly dose of theme park news and entertainment. And now, here to talk all things coasters, theme parks, and even more, here are your hosts, Jack Lathrop and Chris Jones. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Twisted Travelers Podcast. My name is Jack and I'm sitting here with Chris. How's it going tonight? Going good, ready to get into it, having a good week. Have a decent amount of news this week, have a very special guest, and all the other usual stuff, your questions and everything. But before we get into that, got some shout outs, got some plugs. Jack, you want to get into it? Yeah, I'll take the patrons. Uh, we want to shout out our favorite people in the world, Bryant, Graham, Grant, Jaden, Mark, Allison, Stephen, Eric, and Mikhail. Thank you all for supporting what we do on Patreon. Brian, I know you texted me like five minutes before we started recording, begging me for a Patreon episode. It's going to happen. Don't worry. Jackie's got a plan. I still don't know what it is, but yeah, whatever. I'm still just not going to tell you until we record it. Okay, well, we keep teasing it for everybody the last two weeks, so if you want to hear it, Go down to the link in the description and join the Patreon. You will get access to that episode. You get all sorts of perks depending on your tier. We appreciate it as always. Actually, you know what? I'll I'll give the people a hint. If you're a long term or long time listener of our show and you like us, but also if you've listened to Coaster Radio for a long time and you like some of the shenanigans they get up to, you should really consider joining Patreon. That's well, all Brian, I'm saying. I know what it is now? I'm sure because he's listened to like Brian, all their episodes. Literally, I literally re-screen recorded two minutes of him scrolling through episodes today. Did you see that? No. Literally, like, screen recorded scrolling through their entire podcast feed to prove he'd listen to all of it. I mean, I believe him. Like, he, he has nothing to do at work. Um, But yeah, Patreon, link in the description. Go on. Join if you'd like. Um, Also, some quick plugs. You can follow us on Instagram at Twisted underscore Travelers, on Twitter at Twisted Traveler, but the R at the end is a one. Jack, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Thrilling Moment, and you can follow me on Instagram at Twisted Travelers, Chris. So, news. Let's do it. First things first, we have a second Gerslauer Infinity Coaster confirmed for the U.S. in 2022 to be announced in the coming months. Here's what we know. It is an Infinity Coaster. It is one of a kind, which just means not a clone. It is opening in late 2022, um, and it is being announced at IAPA. So, let's talk. With all of this information, I feel like we can kind of start narrowing down where it could possibly go. Mm -hmm. I've seen Uh, a lot of people claim Alabama Adventure. No, they close in September. No. Okay. They could push back. You know, they're in Alabama. We, we haven't seen the hours for next season yet. I, I, I don't foresee that park being able to afford it, quite frankly. Okay. Well, that's one that I have definitely seen tossed around by a lot of people based on the teasing they've done. Um, I haven't put a ton of thought into this on what it could be. What do you think? I'm leaning towards... A SoCal park or a boardwalk, honestly. Um, what boardwalk would be big enough to get a non-clone version is my question. And that's where, like, the challenges run up. Like, Kema could find up, find room I don't know for if they one, have the maybe. Room. 
they figured out how to put that wooden roller coaster there. I would. Yeah, and like <laughs> the reason why it's so compact, why? <laughs> but I, the big thing here that just screams that it's going to be somewhere in a warmer climate is opening in late 2022. Because yeah. most parks will open their capital investments at the beginning of a season. Um, unless they're in a warmer climate, in which case you could open it any time of year and it would be fine. So I honestly don't know where it's going to go. We've only got about a month until we're going to find out. Um, I do think it's cool to see some Gerslauers popping up in the States again, especially if that means eventually we could get something like Karnan. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you imagine if it were something like Karnan? I, I doubt it, but I take it. Um, book flights instantly yeah so I'm I'm looking through a thread right now that's throwing out some ideas let's just go over some of these one on one now don't we wild adventures thoughts Uh, I mean it's possible because Cedar Ferris or Cedar Ferris Hershen is maintaining a relationship with them but again late in the year and also I just I don't know. Maybe. What else? Okay. Um, just a tourist attraction, not a theme park. Cause like it could be casino, boardwalk, racetrack, anything like that. Another mall, maybe. Hmm. We're going like the Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge Strip or something like Vegas, that. Vegas, hmm. maybe. Vegas. Hmm. Okay, I could buy that idea. Here's one that I would be a fan of. But probably wouldn't happen just because it would be too similar to a ride they already have over Georgia. Yeah. They just cleared that space. They're open later. And Six Flags yeah, just started getting stuff from Gerslauer again. Over Georgia would be a good option. Uh, I don't you see could it happening. Fit but a hang time type ride in that plot of land. Mm hmm. Um, anything else that I think is good? I don't see it being Discovery Kingdom, CGA. Eh? Yeah, probably not. Who knows? The, yeah, this is going to be... Um, I think this, this is going to be a mystery. came out of nowhere, too. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, we all knew about Defiance, and so everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's it. And then they come out and like, oh, no, we're not done yet. And I did read something somewhere. I don't know who had said it. But it would make sense if it were going to like a standalone attraction or something not a massive theme park. Because then it's a lot easier for stuff to fly under the radar um, and not get to us as quick until someone puts it in front of us on a platter. Mm-hmm. So definitely all I think eyes are going to be on Gerslauer and um, Rider Entertainment well, at Apple to find out what this is. I, I don't have a guess just because really the evidence doesn't point to a lot of places. Honestly, Alabama adventure would make a good amount of sense to me because they've already teased for a decent sized plot of land on their Instagram. Um, yeah. So who knows? We'll find out though next month. Um, but moving on to things that we've known about for years and they wanted to pretend didn't exist. Wonder woman flight of courage. 
let's just get the random wheel of names out, shall we? Six Flags is going to be opening at Six Flags Magic Mountain next summer. It's the tallest, fastest, longest single rail coaster on Earth. It's a darn near identical clone of Jersey Devil. We've known about it since, like, I don't know, forever now. Mm-hmm. So no surprises here. Yep. Um, it's Jersey Devil with an added turn theme to Wonder Woman. So and they made the footers one foot taller. Right. Um, my main takeaways. Theme, boo. I wish we could have gotten something a little more unique, but, you know, so be it. They're going to try to We did the whole thing about... We answered that question, was it last week, about paint schemes that are awful, and I said the Wonder Woman's Fiesta Texas. Go ahead mm-hmm. and put this one on it. I've seen the um, track in person, and I can tell you it is god-awful. Yeah. Um. So, right itself, obviously... If you've listened to the podcast before, you know I'm not a huge fan of the Raptors. But go ahead and throw it into the mix of good but not great coasters Magic Mountain has. Um, location, I'm a fan. I, I like it how it looks like it's going to jut out right in the middle of the park. I do like that. And I'm sure the plaza that they're going to have ride. is going to be nice. And I'm, look, I'm looking forward to pointing the camera at it. And there's been a ton of speculation based off how this fits in the park that maybe this was actually the original and Jersey Devil's the clone, which I think is kind of an interesting thing that we'll never get an answer to. Because um, it makes sense when you look at it on paper, like this ride had to fit somewhere, whereas Jersey Devil's kind of off in the middle of the woods and they could have done a lot different with that layout if they wanted. Yeah. Um, but hey, good... Good fit, I think, uh, except for capacity-wise, maybe questionable still. But Magic Mountain will take out. The they didn't need it, but fine. yeah, they didn't need this, but they got it, so good for them. Yep. Energy Landia will build three rides, and they won't have the record, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Next year it'll be theirs, probably. <laughs> probably. But next up, uh, Cedar Fair and Cedar Point specifically have reached a deal with the city of Sandusky worth roughly a hundred million dollars. The big things, there's a couple of big things on it. New causeway. They're going to rip out the current causeway and build a new one. That's bigger and it has a dedicated pedestrian bridge on it. That'll be nice. Um, If you saw what was happening at Cedar point Saturday, I think it's needed. Uh, they're going to be putting a ferry service in so you can catch a ferry from downtown Sandusky to Cedar Point, which I think will be cool. But also, you know, I'll ride that back and forth just to take pictures a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's going to be general investments into the town of Sandusky with like sports complexes and like family centers and stuff like that. that Cedar Point will put their name on. And then I think the biggest one out of all of these is that Cedar Fair has agreed that they're going to maintain a corporate presence in Sandusky, which was a huge thing for a while is would Cedar Fair move permanently to Charlotte. Thoughts. Um, Causeway with pedestrian bridge sounds great. Just like, I mean, just walking that in itself will be cool. I think, um, ferry obviously for your pictures, but that's also great just to reduce traffic possibilities. And also, yeah, like I, locals look, who live downtown can go get on the ferry rather than have to drive across the Causeway and Park. Right, and like th- this is probably way out. I don't, I don't know downtown Sandusky enough to say this. I doubt this would ever happen. But like, random idea: you've got the ferry. 
is there potentially land for a parking garage to have that be the only way to get over there in the future and then gut the parking lot and expand? It, I mean, downtown Sandusky's got a lot of, like, I mean, it's not, like, the most amazing thing in the world, like, land-wise, but there's no re- there's a couple of places where I could potentially see them being able to build a parking structure. So... Real quick, and <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. Well, I'm saying they're, they're gonna ditch the parking lot on the peninsula completely, but I'm saying they could potentially add more parking and use the ferry service that way. Uh, I really, th- there's no chance that happens. That was more of like a random thought. You, I, uh, I don't think there's, I don't think it's a non-zero chance it would happen. I think, I think it's a non. Yeah, I mean, I could you see it. They, you, th- you think they're gonna actually build it to where the only spot you can park? Is in downtown Sandusky, so now you're creating massive amounts of traffic. No, I don't think they're going to do that. It, like, you're packing a lot more people onto one ferry, and it's going to be hard to get back and forth now. What I'm saying is, I could see them building a parking garage over on the mainland, and then still having the parking lot on the peninsula. Because we know they can hit capacity, as they've proven time and time again in their parking lot. I mean, yeah, but there's going to have to be some sort of parking for the ferry anyway, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's a given. I, I was saying more as, like, make the parking structure over there be the main one and then have more room on the peninsula. That won't happen. Yeah, It was no, just a crazy thought. But Don't have the money of Disney or Universal to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Or the land, quite frankly, because you'd have to build on the outskirts of Sandusky and then bus people to the ferry or bus them across the causeway. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, business stuff. Sandusky and Cedar Fair were going to have beef if they moved to Charlotte, I'm sure, so good. We, we didn't want that happening. Yeah, it would have probably made it harder for Cedar Point to do stuff, but I, from the business point of view, I understand why they wanted to move to Charlotte, because mm-hmm. it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so, that it, but with, with that being, the other sad thing, though, is if they had moved to Charlotte, that opened up, like, the corporate, like, office lot on cedar point because it's on cedar point they could have torn that down and built a ride there i mean they could move that in the future over to downtown sandusky if they wanted that's also an opportunity that could happen so we'll see yeah okay moving on um dr diabolical six flags fiesta texas more track is starting to show up pretty pretty standard (laughs) they're getting Mm -hmm. ready to build this thing good the track color still looks awesome i'm excited yeah and also their, the supports, they've all showed up and everyone was like, what about the cool texturing we saw? And they came out and said uh, that they're doing the texturing for the supports in-house. So oh, okay. Kind of cool. The, I'm just hoping it's not going to be like, I'm hoping it's done right so that it won't like peel off in a month. I'm hoping it's actually painted on or something like that. We'll see, though. I If anybody would do it right in the Six Flags chain, it would be Siebert, so... Yep. We're good. Shout out you. You were like the first one to like our posts on Instagram last week, Jeff. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to him because his voice is stuck in my head because, you know, welcome to the beast. For your safety, please keep your arms and legs inside the ride at all time. That's him. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. So it's stuck in my head because of that. So thanks. <laughs> shout out Jeffrey. I wonder if he's actually listening to any of these. Jeffrey, like tweet at to, us. We should reach out to him and see if he wants to come on. He probably would. He likes all of our posts. Shout out we, Jeff. We'll, 
Yep. So, okay, moving for the one last thing, uh, Kanye, La- Kanye, Kanye Lake mm. Park lawsuits are a mess, and it's entertaining. <laughs> um, it's basically turning into the world's largest game of, um, or not largest, most expensive game of he, sh- he said, she said. Uh, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't done a ton of looking into this, but I, I think it's something like the owner uh, wanted to sell it to turn it into something else, and the city or area isn't happy. I Look, I haven't done a it's, ton of looking into it. I just know it ain't good. Basically, from my limited like research on the like happenings, the new owner, when he signed the contract, there was an agreement that he'd maintain the property as a themed entertainment area type thing and the locals are pitching a fit because they don't think he's doing that because he's ripping out like older rides and replacing them with more like concert venues and trying to make it more all for the family instead of like rides focused so i see both sides to it because you know amusement center things like that says you're going to have rides but also some of these rides are 70, 80 years old and they might be beyond repair. So I can kind of see where both sides are coming from. It's just not good. It's a, it's a situation. We'll definitely keep an eye on it because I don't, I don't think this is done yet. I think there will be some lawsuits and money that exchanges mm-hmm. hands and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. So sadly, we'll, we'll keep an eye probably on dead, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the big thing. That's okay. One other thing on it. Cause he made in his statements like, well, if someone else wanted to do something different, they should have bought the park, which I guess fair, but not everyone's a millionaire. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Um, but that's news. That was yeah. news. So ride of the week. We're doing Morgan hypers. Last week we had Mamba the monorail. monorail. This week we've got phantoms, revenge, steel eel and steel force. So wheel is ready. You good. I'm ready. Let's spin it. All right, let's spin it. Dun, 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 dun. We are going to get Steel Force. We are just working our way up the totem pole one by one. Steel Force at Dorney Park. Jack, you start us off. Oh, it's been a hot minute since I wrote it. I can tell you that. It was back in 2018 before I had met Chris when I wrote it for the first time. I remember really good airtime, really good head chopper in the Helix, and really enjoying the ride experience overall. I loved where it was in the park, kind of running up against the hills. Um, had a really good prominence from the park, like the parking lot and out on the interstate and everything. Just a really fun ride from what I remember, uh, which is a lot of what was disappointing about Mamba because it kind of looked the same on paper, but they ride very, very differently. I think they are the exact same on paper. Mm, the turnaround on close. the turnaround on Steel Force takes advantage of the terrain differently. Well, yeah, but it's still um, the same overall layout. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, they're pretty much identical. But Steel Force just rides so much better, in my opinion, and I mm. really enjoyed it. Dorney is a park that I really want to get back to because Talon, Hydra, Steel Force, and assuming it's still open, I really like Possessed. So, yeah. Um. Okay, I wrote it this year. Uh, I went in hoping for at least better than Mamba, and that's what it did. Um, the first half, I thought, uh, like the the first drop in First Hill was about on par, the same as Mamba, which if you remember last week, I said were 
decent. So it already decent start. Um, and then the turnaround is great with the terrain, the water. All right there. I've got that one head chopper too. Yes. Great. Yeah. Um, so probably my favorite part of the ride as well, just like on Mamba. But the, the big difference is the second half, you actually do get solid floater the whole way down. It's not anything crazy, but it's good. I don't think it's as good as Magnum second half, even though Magnum second half is painful. Um, just good, solid floater. It's, it's a ride that is decent and is one of the rides that when I go back to Dorney, I would definitely re-ride, but I don't think it's anything crazy to write home about. I like it. It's like a seven out of 10 ish ride. Pretty good. Um, but I, I put Hydra and talent above it as far as in Dorney's rankings. Oh, solid, definitely. but, but not, not as good as the other two that we're going to get to by any means. It, it's like you said, it's nothing to write home about when you, you're there riding. It's like, it's a good time. It's a fun ride to have and catch a lap or two on. But you know, when we sit down here and do our top fifties at the end of the year, I, I don't, don't think it's it. going to be in either of them. So, yeah, it, it's good, but um, at least better than Mamba by a good amount. That's what I'll say. Yep, I yeah, pretty much my thoughts on it too. So mm-hmm. that's gonna do it for ride of the week this week. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, either the best ground up Morgan or the best thing Morgan's ever done, which is either Steel Alert, Phantom's Revenge now in purple right so stay tuned for that we say best ground up without having ridden mexico's we just want to yeah that's true that best there. ground up in the u.s yeah um but anyways that sorry, was a short one no way, yeah there's no way wild things better sorry oh i doubt it yeah that that was a short one just because it's so similar to mamba uh the other two will get longer segments i promise so let's do it halftime report let's go over some fantasy scores real quick Let's talk about how right. Jack completely forgot fantasy was a thing this week and let his team just this die. This every week, punk. Not every week, just 99.9% like the last of three. Whatever. Yeah, so 99.9% of them. Anyways, let's, we're going to save the, uh, the big matchup for the end. So, let's start off Allison versus Grant. Congratulations. Oh, wait, hold on. Actually, I can't say that yet. I'm just now seeing that they have some still left. Let me see who it is. I was going to say, we're recording and a little bit I'm... earlier tonight, too. So there could still yeah. be some speculation here. Uh, we're talking about So, yeah, um, Murray went, Murray's had a good week, it looks like. Yes, Murray, Murray did have a good week. McLaurin had a great week. Debo did his usual thing. Um, I'm trying to get the match. Also had a good week. You all hear Terry there? I am waiting for this ad to finish, so I can look at the full score. If only we had a sponsor, this would be the perfect time. Okay, so Uh, um, I wish we had a sponsor. It's called Patreon.com/slash/TwistedTravelers. Ding. That's right. Um. All right, so looking at the overall score, uh, Allison is up right now, 115 to 92. Murray did his thing. Jonathan Taylor had a solid week. McLaurin and Debo both had good weeks. Um, But Grant still has a decent chance because he still has Alex Collins and Tyler Lockett yet to play. Um, But for him, overall a down week, honestly. But still not bad. 
across the board, just looking at scores, this seems kind of like a down week for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Adams and Tannehill were both good. Same with Gaskin. But everybody else is kind of like meh for him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, next up. Perry versus Bryant. Perry, Perry's congratulations. Perry uh, was going to advance yeah. to two and five. Lamar Jackson, uh, he had a good week. Johnson had a good week. Booker had a good week. Evans had a phenomenal week. My man. Uh, and then, you know, Bryant um, and Rogers had a pretty, I mean, he had a good week. But then you look at the rest of the team, and it's like, oh, no. Yeah, he had Rodgers, my Bucks defense, and Young Waku show up. Everybody else was terrible. Um, mm-hmm. He still has Kamara, but unless Kamara puts up 70 points, which I'm pretty sure he's done before, um, Perry is going to run away with this one. So He's projected job, to Perry. have uh, 17. What is it? Yeah, but Kamara. Sorry, 23.7 is what he's projected to have. Yeah, Kamara yes. had a six-touchdown game last year, so there's always that possibility. But uh, doubt it. So Perry, probably yeah. going to two and five. We'll eat our words next week, we promise. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to happen, but okay. The Battle and, of the And Lathers. then we... Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you mean the Battle of Good Lord? I, yeah, that was a that was a week. I'm blaming it on the time zone. I think my dad cheated. How? I don't know, but I think he cheated. I'm kidding. No, I got completely annihilated because, um, yeah, I got completely annihilated. Your dad didn't even have a good week. He didn't have a good week at all. I just forgot to see who all had a bye week on my team. You had four buys. And it was like half of it. Yep. Four buys starting, Jack. Let's take a look. If you would have played Michael Carter in your flex, that's 16. 63. If you would have played... Oh, you don't have a backup quarterback. How did that happen? I don't know. Or a backup defense or a backup kicker. Okay, you would have lost either way just because I have no idea what's up with your bench. But, um, yeah, Jack got kind of destroyed, even though his dad only put up 76. Hurts had a good week. Everyone else was pretty mediocre. Mm -hmm. Okay, next, we got Marcus versus Steven. Marcus absolutely destroyed Steven. Marcus basically just walked in and was like, I'm here. Bow down to me, Steven. Yeah, he had uh, Cooper Cup, Andrew Marchese, and A.J. Brown, and DeAndre Swift. Easy I was going to say, you could just list off his entire team because they all showed up. Pretty much. Um, Steven, Damien Harris did good. Everybody else, eh. Well, Marquise Brown. But yeah, t- tough week, Steven. It, it, it's, it's looking rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, and then we got the and, matchup. And the narrative continues. Um, and it looks like uh, Mark Jones will remain undefeated. Yes, so the undefeated Mark Jones versus me, his son, Chris Jones. Even with Patrick Mahomes having a crap week. 
Right. But hurt. I mean, okay, let's let's just walk through it. Mahomes had a terrible week for him, right? He still has Derrick Henry. He still has DeAndre Hopkins. Chris Godwin had a big week. Kyle Pitts decides to show up once every once in a while. That's what he did. Uh, this was my chance to beat him, and I had a solid week overall. You know, Tom did his thing. Josh Jacobs did well. Fournette did well. Kelsey was okay. Um, but really, I mean, having Keenan Allen on by hurt me a lot because I had to start Julio, who didn't do as great. Um, it was close. I lost by 12. So be it. I think I'll see him in yeah. the playoffs. Yep. It was a good matchup. It was fun to watch. But yeah, I think your dad moves on and is now what seven and zero. Seven and zero. Seven and zero. And I'm going to drop to four and three. And Perry and I are each sitting at two and five, baby. I will. Okay, I'm going to remain the. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to Bless remain you. the second place, um, in the league, even with the loss. Luckily, so so be it. I haven't looked good at week. that in a minute. Hold on, I'm. Don't want to get depressed, do I? Uh, I think it's it's getting close towards the bottom there. <laughs> yeah, it ain't pretty. We're not, we're yeah, it's not pretty. Right. Um. But that's so, halftime report. Uh, and then you know what I'm gonna you know blame me for getting about on is the Atlanta Braves are going to the World Series for the first time since 1999. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm it. very happy. I'm rooting for y'all just because Houston's cheaters. Oh, th- I saw a picture today. It was like the ratio of like, it was the map of the United States. And it was like, who's cheering for what team? And there's just a little orange circle in Texas. And then the rest of the country is blue. As it should be. We, Nobody we are America's cheer. team right now. Pretty much for baseball. Yeah. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Come on, people. I'm, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Of I, I, I was very happy. I found out right before we got on the beat. I was like, okay, yeah, go Braves. Uh, no one talked to me while any baseball games are happening this week at risk of having your head smacked off of it, your body. He can't do that. Anyways, listener questions. We got four this week. Let's start it off from Klaus. Will RMC build Raptors with a different layout than Jersey Devil and the modified prototype? Good question. I'm sure if it was requested, they would, but I'm going to guess and say that uh, as of now, that's what they want to stick with. Do I think we'll see unique ones in the future? Probably. Um, But I don't know how long it'll be. I I think they want to stick with the two they have, but on request, I bet you they would switch it up. Yeah, I'm going to say inevitably there will be more options, and apparently there are more pre-fat, like pre-designed options already in existence the park just hasn't put one in yet so i'm gonna say yeah we'll see other layouts but i think for now you're gonna see a lot of the same which i'm not gonna complain because they're really good rides for the smaller park like stunt pilot is a hit at silverwood and rightfully so Mm -hmm. i mean i hope we see more unique ones and i hope we see modified trains someday but that's not gonna happen probably um good question klaus this one's from grant are BNM Gigas the most rewritable rides due to their smoothness, speed, airtime, and not being too intense? Um, I want to hear what you say first. I mean, they're I have up a lot there. of thoughts I did on ride, this. I did ride Orion eight times yesterday. They're up there. Um, although I will say about not being intense, 
You clearly haven't ridden Fury when it's hauling because it is an intense ride. I'm not gonna. They're not the most rewritable, but they're definitely rewritable than a lot of other roller coasters. Okay, um, I could probably ramble about this for a minute. I don't know where I'm about to go or say. I'm just gonna kind of say stuff. I don't really think I can pick a single type of ride at all to be the most rewritable. It just depends on the ride to me completely. Um, like yeah, that's fair. super intense rides. A lot of times are will be tough for me to rewrite. Like a lot of the B and M loopers. But then you've got a ride like Maverick, which I can laugh all, all day at this point with how much I fell in love with that ride last time. Voyage is crazy intense. I rode it like 11 times Hollywood Nights weekend, which I was surprised I was able to do that. Um, and, and then you do have that your... one out there. I've done that ride 20 times in a day. It's marathon. Exactly. At time Traveler is something that's not super, super intense, and I could rewrite all the time. The Gigas, honestly... To me, a lot of B&Ms aren't the most rewritable just because of the B&M headache. I get it super easily. Um, so yeah, like, I'll, I'll get that from Orion. I'll get that from Mako. I'll get that from Fury. Um, it just depends on the ride. I'm a weirdo when it comes to that. Like, Even if it's super intense, if I really love it, I could rewrite it all day, but some of them I just can't. It, it just depends on the ride. You know, as someone who gets the B&M headache too, I, the only thing I know is to just chug soda and dr- eat a lot of food. That's the only way Works I can get rid of it. Too. Um, and yeah, it really does come down to the ride because there are certain roller coasters like Voyage that on paper look like they shouldn't be marathonable. And yet I've got the scars to prove I've done it. Voyage and Maverick, Skyrush to an extent, that one will start to kill my legs too much after a little bit. But I have just sat back left on it before. Uh, yeah, it just depends on the ride. If I really love a super intense coaster, I'll sit on it and I'll be fine. Yep. That's what I'll say. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm Question not ready to answer this next one. Let's see. Who's the most interesting, unique person you've met in the industry? This is from Joey. There are Which so many answers. Interesting or unique? See, because I could be mean and like bring up people that are a little controversial. Yeah, we'll and, like, avoid that's that. What makes them unique tr- or interesting. The goal of this podcast is to not make enemies, Chris. Unique or interesting? I don't know. Um, I mean, okay, I've got two or three answers i'll throw out there because i really don't have like a one answer because there's a ton of i mean i've made a ton of friends and connections through this uh first one that i'm gonna throw out is scott schaefer he's been a huge i've looked up to him as long as i can remember doing roller coaster photography now they get to be friends with him and get to work with him and do stuff is just an awesome thing uh and scott's just a really awesome dude so definitely gonna say scott uh Another person in the industry that it's been just a blessing to get to know and have as a friend is a man that none of you have ever heard of, uh, but his name is Evan Shuckman, and he is the vice president of guest safety and security at Dollywood. I met him a few years ago doing something completely unrelated to roller coasters, and he's become a really good friend to have and just an awesome person. And then the third one, because, you know, wouldn't be here right now, is Chris, because 
you know, it's been a ride and I'm thankful for it. Shout out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm unique or interesting. I'm just kind of a normal guy. Um, well, you, you've had something in the moment. It's like, mm, can we make a fury your hundredth coaster? Well, yeah, that did work out well. Um, okay. I'm going to go with a, what is my legit answer, but also kind of a plug. Shout out to all the cool people over at Buzz Bars for being a group unlike any other. It, the whole vibe with all of those guys that uh, we've met and become friends with is different than everybody else. We're a super tight-knit group, and I love it. It's not your typical coaster club. The people in that group, let's just start naming names. Marcus, Mark, Mike, Kevin, John, Mike, Bryant, Megan, Allison, Stephen, Perry, Sloan, Sarah, Hutch, Joe, I could just keep Carl, going. Uh, Carl, literally, I'm gonna Eric. There's, there's so, Eric, Mike's we brother, haven't met him yet, but Mikhail, Angelo Giles, James. My dad's met Mikhail. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. James and the Looper Clan. So many people. Kyrie, uh, Tristan. I literally, I'm just scrolling through Discord now, like looking at. Um, there's so many people in that group, and it's just an amazing group of people yeah that that's my friend group in the community i don't really even talk to anybody else anymore shout out to them um that's what i'll say for sure okay last question from joey what is the best coaster event you've attended as somebody who's only been to two hollywood nights this year easily Uh, i've been to a lot more than two so i'll probably Mm, it's this is this, this, this is a hard question because it depends on what I'm doing. Um, Velocity stumble next one overall, month. By the way, go sign up. Sorry, had to put is, it again. Yeah, Velocity stumble. Go sign up for that because that's gonna be a blast. I loved Virginia's for stumbles. Don't get me wrong, but I have to give the win to Carolina Coaster Classic at Carowinds, which is an ace event. But when they give you an hour of Fury ERT and don't make you leave your seat and then also will let you ride with three, like the bare minimum clicks to get a green, it makes that event one of the best ever. So I'm going to give the win to that. But I, I'm honestly going to say just not going to Velocity Stumble rip, but I know what's going to go into that. And I know everyone who goes to that event is going to say it's the best. Probably. So. That was questions. All right, everybody. So we are here with our guest, Marcus Lashock. Marcus, welcome in. Do you want to Hi, introduce you yourself doing? to the people? Yeah, we're doing it's great. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. It's my bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel that. I was on the road all day yesterday coming back from Kings Island, and it was like, oh, it's way past my bedtime now, isn't it? Yeah, and so just for people listening, know like it's seven p.m. Uh, Central Time, my time, which is like my ideal bedtime. I never get to bed at this time, but you know when you wake up at two o'clock in the morning every day, uh, you you try to. Right. Well, we'll make it quick for you. No, you so can. Um, Central, yeah. Central Time Zone for the win, though. Yeah. There you go. Whatever. Um. So, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Tell them a little bit about what you do. Um, how you got into coasters, journalism, and kind of how the two came together? Sure, yeah. So I'm an uh, anchor reporter on the WGN-TV Morning News in Chicago. Uh, we're on the air every day from 4 to 10 a.m. You know, it's your local news morning show. If you're 
in Chicago, I think everyone is very familiar with WGN. Um, it's a longtime television station. Also had a super station all across the country. So there are WGN fans all over the country as well. But, uh, you know, on our show, it's a six-hour show. Um, so we, we get to have a lot of fun in the morning. And uh, really, they've they've allowed us like over the years to kind of pursue our interests. And I've always been a big roller coaster enthusiast ever since I was a kid. So that was one of the things I just kind of wanted to, uh, you know, we've got Six Flags Great America in our viewing area. So always there whenever there's a new ride. And whenever I would ride a roller coaster, it always did really well. Like a lot of people watched the video and uh, I got shared a lot online so i was able to convince my bosses to let me start a segment where i would kind of travel the country outside of chicago and just visit different theme parks and do stories ride roller coasters um interview people that sort of thing and it turned into this coast in the country segment and i kind of just every couple times a year two three times a year travel to different parks and put together some kind of story or a ride on a coaster or something like that and it's turned into like a fun little franchise for us that's awesome so and yeah. I got I get to tell my little story now of the first time I didn't meet you. The first time I got to see you in person, though, my dad and I, after waiting two and a half hours in line for a lightning rod, they came up to me like, hey, can you wait one train? Here's a skip the line card. And who comes walking up and sits down in the train? But Marcus is shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember if I was like shooting something that day or what I was there. I was there for something. Um, but that's so funny you said that because you never, if you're ever in a situation, uh, where you get one of those passes or something, you never actually talk to the people that you kind of, uh, mm-hmm. cut, in front, <laughs> cut in front of, um, that day. So I, I apologize. I hope you got on lightning rod because it is very finicky and my horror, the horror story would be if I cut in front of you and then it broke down for the, for the day or something, but I'm, I'm fortunate Dollywood's my home park. So I've actually ridden it close to 300 times but it actually worked out in our favorite in our favor because we got that skip the line card and then it went down again that day and we got another skip the line card so we actually got to ride it what instead of the one time that day we got to ride it four that's awesome and they're a good park so so i figured they that's good they took care of you for my for me inconveniencing you so I, it was hilarious. I remember because my dad and I were like, who is that person? And we goofed, like we were like, and it showed up like the next day on our news feed. And we're like, hmm, well, there we go. Yeah, who's that? Some random dork from Chicago, you know. I think, I, you know, I might have been there that time to, uh, I was there and I got to interview Dolly, actually. Um, one of those times I was there. And uh, that was really cool. Like, just uh, that was a, that was one of those moments. Like, when when you have this job, people ask you like, what are like the really cool moments that happen when you work in TV for a long time? And that was, you know, one of those days where you know they called me like, hey, would you be interested to in talking to her? And you walk into the room, and there's Dolly Parton waiting to talk to you, um, you know, for about 10, 10, 15 minutes or so. It was just really cool. She was great. Like, just a super great uh, person. I couldn't convince her to get on Lightning Rod with me. I tried my best but uh she said no i'm gonna keep trying a lot of people have tried yeah i know a lot of people have tried to get her on a roller coaster (laughs) so uh, we're talking about all these different travels obviously you've been to dollywood i believe you've also been to silver dollar city um most people that are listening to our show you know they just travel for fun but what's kind of the inside look of getting to cover roller coasters on a professional side getting to travel around as your job yeah, I think that um, it 
it becomes like a it, it's hard to say because I don't want to say that it's you know hard work um, because it is still you're still at a theme park and you're still riding roller coasters right but um, like for example I'll just give you an example with the Silver Dollar City example that was like the first when Outlaw Run opened that was really the first travel segment I ever did on WGN where I had convinced my boss let me drive down 10 hours to this place he'd never heard of it this roller coaster was opening. I told him, like, it's going to be unlike anything you, anybody's ever seen as far as a wooden roller coaster goes. So I was able to convince him and drive down. And most of these things, I actually go by myself. So it's me. I shoot almost everything using an iPhone um, and GoPro, obviously, on the rides. But it's really just uh, kind of a one-man band experiment trying to put these together. But what's, what's neat, I guess, when you're there for coverage and you're working with the park is you do get some access to the ride. Usually we're there before the, in the case of a ride that's opening for the first time, you know, you're, you're there before, usually like a couple days before it actually opens to the public. So the ride's there and they say, all right, what do you want to do? All the maintenance crew is there so you can ride it as many times as you like sometimes. Uh, you can try different seats. You can do different. But in the case of Outlaw Run, that was one of the best media days I'd ever been to because they were literally like, whatever you guys want to do. There were people on the ride who had like helmet cams on. There were just, it was any anything went that day. And that was really cool to have access to a ride, especially a ride like that. And all the RMC guys were there, Fred Grubb, and um, just talking to them. And they didn't really know how big this thing and how big their company was going to be. So to have access to some of the people that, really make these things happen is cool to really be able to sit down and, and talk to them and spend time like getting to know them and really picking their brain about how they come up with this stuff is pretty neat but um usually on the traditional media days if you're wondering like it's it is a lot of work and um you know because we're there live usually during our shows if you've ever been to a roller coaster media day i'm sure some some of you guys have um just as enthusiasts they invite enthusiasts a lot to these um, everything's really scheduled and you have your specific window that you have to get on the ride and get off. And so you're trying to hit those times, trying to get on the air, do this or that. So that gets a little hectic and crazy, but, um, every once in a while you do get like a really great day where things are just open for you and you get to ride something like a bunch of times before it opens, you know, to the public, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I hear stories from people I know about that outlaw run media day, and it's just the stuff of legends, it sounds like, what all happened that day. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was really, and it wasn't like, when I talk about it, it wasn't like it was, you know, unsafe or anything like that. I mean, there were still, like, people there from the park that were obviously monitoring everything that was going on. But it was pretty much, you know, if you had an idea to shoot something a certain way, they were like, okay, let's just make that happen. And it was very, um, it was really refreshing because some of these parks you go to and it's very, um, it's just very controlled, right? And so that was like a thing where it just felt like, yeah, it felt like I was at a friend's house just riding their new ride that was in the backyard. It was cool. And Silver Dollar City's always been like, a, like that, very accommodating when rides have opened. They're very um, open to the media, open to the press. They'll talk to you pretty much anytime about anything. If you have an idea, they'll try to do everything they can to make it happen. So um, the Hershen parks have all kind of been like that from, from my experience, at least. So mm -hmm. um, they've been great to work with. Yeah. And so kind of talking about that, we've talked a little bit about silver dollar city and you've gotten to cover a bunch of rides. Uh, I'll all run lightning rod. I know you were at wildwood groves media day. Cause I bumped yeah. into you there. Yeah. 
uh, Steel Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite one you've gotten to cover so far? Media Day or favorite roller coaster? Period. Uh, let's do favorite like media event or like oh, okay. story you've done. We'll get to the favorite coaster question. Um, That's coming. Yeah, I don't. You know, they're all kind of different in their own way. Like Steel Vengeance was cool because if you look at the videos from that Media Day morning, it was it was kind of chilly, but there was this fog that was that had rolled in. You know, in Cedar Point, that happens sometimes. But it had this like really eerie feel to it. Um, the ride was almost like the top of the ride was almost in a cloud that morning, and um, that was really cool. And you guys, have you, I, I take it both of you have been on Steel Vengeance, right? Yeah, um, we got to ride it a ton this summer. <laughs> yeah. So when you, I mean, to, this is the cool thing about my job. I always, especially when that was like a live on the ride experience. So. They set up cameras on the ride and all around the coaster, and I'm actually able to li- ride it live on television and talk to the anchors back at the station. So I always save my initial... I don't ride the ride before I go on TV. I always say I'm going to ride it cold, so the reaction you're getting from me is like my legit first reaction to the coaster. And so you you guys know Steel Vengeance, and everybody listening knows Steel Vengeance. Like That ride was just... You know, as much as you've been on an RMC or something like that, like it still is a wild ride, you know, and was kind of throwing you all over the place. That was really, that was really fun. And I think Fred, both Fred Grubb and Alan Schilke were there that day. So to hang out with them a bit and talk to them about that was cool. And of course, when our own RMC opened at Six Flags Great America, the Goliath Media Day, that was pretty neat as well. Because that was a big deal for us in our park to have the, you know, tallest, biggest drop uh, roller coaster opening at our at our park was pretty cool. So that was a good media day. Um, it's just a lot of people there, a lot of attention for that too. So, um, but steel vengeance was cool. Yeah. Steel vengeance media day. I have a couple of friends that were there and they talk about how just crazy it was. And then the Goliath media day. I love Goliath is one of my favorite rides. I got to ride it this summer for the first time. And both my dad and I were going nuts over it. I'm really jealous because my dad just got back from Poland tonight from riding Zadra. Uh. And he's basically, he's been telling me all week, it's like, it's Goliath, but 20 times better. I'm like, how can it be that much better than Goliath? Because Goliath is insane. Yeah, but, it's cool. I just, you know, the knock on Goliath is that it's short, right? That it's a smaller ride. But when you look at the footprint that they put it in and everything else that was there, like Iron Wolf was there before that. There was a ride called Z-Force that was there before that. And so to use that like small plot of land and fit a ride like that just in there, that's really impressive. Like it is it is an amazing ride for how much space it takes up. And that's a landlocked park. Like they're, they're short on space there at great America. So for them to be able to put that there, that's a really amazing achievement, I think. So that's, I love Goliath. The drop to me is everything. The stall is awesome. Um, I wish it was longer. I think everybody does, but it's yeah, what it is. Do. It's great. So yeah, it's... R- random question. This isn't planned or anything, but it just hit my head. Team RMC American Eagle or don't RMC American Eagle? Absolutely RMC it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely knock it down and put anything else there. Really? Um, I, I agree. It was not that great when I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I think I have a lot of, like, listen, my dad and I, my dad's a big coaster guy too. I have a lot of memories growing up of riding that with my dad over and over again. So I love Eagle and what it was when it was racing and it was like rideable where it didn't hurt the whole time and it's just like it's worn out over time i think it needs it needs one of two things it needs either a ton of work to it to like retrack it 
like just repaint it, like change the station, like get the station going and get the structure going so they can ride both sides and actually race it all the time or completely RMC it. I don't think it's worth doing all the work to restore it to its former glory. I don't think it's that great of a ride personally. So I would love to see like a Twisted Colossus type thing. Or if they got crazy, just tear it down and put something else there. Like build the first Giga in the Six Flags universe, right? Put it there. I think they can go go 330 feet um, at the park if I'm right about the height. height, I know there's a height limit because the airport's in the way. But they're not going to – I don't think they're going to spend that money anytime, nearly anytime soon just because everything with COVID. But um, that's a big plot of land, and land is so precious there. And to have Eagle taking up all that land when a lot of people don't ride Eagle anymore. Like it just doesn't get the traffic that that part of land really should at the park. So I'm definitely um, get redo it. Like let's go. Let's put something there that's just kick butt and name it after Eagle. Do whatever you want, but – you can pay tribute to it, but make that part of the park awesome again. Gotcha. Also, make the entrance easier to find because I walked past it three times. Right. See, but if the ride was good enough, you would you would know where the entrance was. Right? Would, everybody would know. Um, that's funny. I was just at Six Flags Over Texas, and uh, what's the Titan is the ride there, right? At Six Flags Over Texas. Mm-hmm. That's another yeah. ride that, like, you can't find how to get on that thing. Like, it is. it takes you, like, an hour just to figure out where it is and then to get back there, but cool ride. Mm-hmm. My first time at Six Flags Magic Mountain with Tatsu, where the entrance is, I was like, oh, we got to go up the hill. And it's like, no, you got to go back down the hill. I'm like, what? <laughs> I've never been there. I have to go there. I've not been there yet. It's, it's on my list. It's a great park. I yeah, went I the first time this year. That is an experience. Cool. Um, but talking about those memories with your dad, this kind of relates to that. How did you first actually get into roller coasters and becoming a true enthusiast? Um, you know, I just always, I don't know exactly how it happened. I was young, like really young. I was always scared to get on like the bigger roller coasters, but I was always really into them. So I, you know, back when I grew up, you know, I'm, I'm 40, right? So um, when I grew up, there was no internet. There was no going on Google and searching for these rides. You had to either find like coffee table books or magazines about roller coasters or like you every once in a while you'd find some videos like vhs tapes that you could get of like um you know roller coaster videos and you would find those at a video store or something like that and um i just was always obsessed with what they did and how they worked i was scared to ride the big ones until finally i i you know i'd always go with my dad he was very patient with me but i think it was i was in fifth grade I will never forget. And a friend of mine came to Great America with us, and we walked in. And my friend was like, "Well, I want to. I, I love Shockwave. I want to ride Shockwave." And my dad said, "All right, I'll ride it." And I, I was always too scared, but peer pressure, right? I'm like, "All right, I got to do it because I can't look. You know, I don't want to look weak in front of my friend here." And so I got on Shockwave. If you guys know what Shockwave was, the old aero coaster at Great America back in the day, it was huge. It was. I think at the time it was the biggest roller coaster in the country or something. When it opened, it was, and. I was hooked right then. It was Shockwave that did it for me. I said, I could ride that. I absolutely loved it. And after that, I was on a quest to ride everything I possibly could. And, uh, you know, my dad and I, it, we used to go to Great America almost every weekend when I was a kid or every other weekend or a couple times a month. And uh, we, as a family, we'd gone to Cedar Point a lot. He grew up near Knobles, so that was like his home park. And I just got to go there with him a couple of years ago, which was really cool. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's really how it started. And I always just loved roller coasters, loved theme parks, like the idea of walking into a place and it takes you into another world. And I was always fascinated with how they did that. Like, where's the music coming from? Like, oh, that rock's got a speaker in it. Um, like st- stuff like that. I was just yeah. always into like the little tricks that they did at some of these parks. Um, so I don't know. I was a geek from the time I was born. I don't know where it came from, but uh, was always into it. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to get to take something like that. That's, you know, a hobby and you do on the weekends and you've gotten to turn it into a part of your career, which is, I think something everyone would love to get. To yes. Do. Right. And I think that's just, and again, this is a small part of my job, right? It's not my full-time job doing this segment, but mm-hmm. I think the the key is like, um, when you find something you love and you convince somebody, let me try to do something with that. And when you bring like, when you bring real enthusiasm to something, I find, I find a lot of people tell me like, I love your segments. I hate roller coasters and I hate going to theme parks, but I love your segments because it's like you have this like joy for it. And then I feel like joy for it, even though I would never go, I still want to like know about something that other people love. Right. So it's, um, and I think it's so true because some of the things I watch on TV or, you know, I'll never be a chef, but I love watching, you know, like the late Anthony Bourdain go to restaurants or, you know, Gordon Ramsay in a kitchen or something like just things like that. I, I tend to like gravitate toward things that people have a lot of enthusiasm for. So I think like, that's always my, comment to people is like once you find something that you love then just keep at it and keep bringing that enthusiasm for it and before you know you'll develop an audience and uh, who knows where it can go and it like i can tell you it works so my uncle lives in chicago and every once in a while i get a text message it's like look what was on wgn this morning i'm like hey i know that person (laughs) (laughs) see there you go yeah all the time I, i hear from people who are like yeah my grandma sent me uh, one of your segments to, to, to watch because she knows I love coasters. Um, it's always like a dad or a grandma or a mom or something. I'm like, I wish the younger people were actually watching the news, but that's another thing to that we're working on, like trying to get the young crowd back watching the news again. But yeah, that's pretty. it's pretty neat to hear that, that people from outside of Chicago are like, hey, my uh, relative sent me one of your clips. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, completely random thing I uh, have to bring up because Scott will get on me if I don't is the rock that cars get stuck on and oh, you yeah. telling that story on the news. I, I That one gets a shout out, even though it's not roller coaster related. You got to tell me yeah. a bit about that story. Well, yeah. So the other part of my job, I do this trending news segment where I that's this is the main job that I do besides like sometimes I anchor the news, but my main job at WGM Morning News is to do anchor the trending news. So every hour, a couple times an hour, I'm on the air and I'm talking about the stories and like videos people are sharing online and kind of turning that into a whole segment. And a lot of the stuff is local. So uh, there's this strip mall in the Chicagoland area in a suburb called Roselle. And, you know, it's a strip mall. It's got like a Pizza Hut in it. It's got a couple of like a subway or something, a bunch of stuff in it. And when you pull into this parking lot, there's like you have to pull into this little this little road and then you turn to the right where there's this parking lot. And there's this like little median there. And on the median, there's this rock. And the rock is big enough where people keep cutting the corner too close and they run over this rock. But the problem is the car can't fully get over the rock. So the cars get stuck. So if you can picture like, a car like from 
sometimes they're Hummer. They're maybe not a Hummer, but they're like SUVs or Honda Civics or whatever, like teetering on this rock in the parking lot. So somebody created a Facebook page called the Rock of Roselle. So if you go on Facebook, you go to the Rock of Roselle Facebook page, and it's just I'll put people, the link in the description. Yeah, it's just people capturing pictures of poor people's cars stuck on this rock, right? So I think Scott was the one who sent that to me. And I, I'm like, okay, I got to do something on this. And so I just showed a bunch of pictures on the air, and that thing took off like crazy. People were like, wow. It's a good discussion point because it's like part of it's really funny. You watch it. But at the same time, it's like those people are having the worst day of their life, right? maybe. You know, like think about it. That happens. Like that's expensive to get that towed off and all the damage to your car. Why don't they just put a pole there or something? Like people probably wouldn't cut the corner so much. But I've tried to do the story on the actual rock and the the person who runs a Facebook page doesn't want to go on TV, which I understand. But um, I think there's like a story there. Like who put that rock there and are they getting like joy out of seeing all this? But it's funny because I, I go to the page all the time and I laugh, but I'm like, I feel bad laughing about what's going on. So those are the things I mean, that get, I talk about on TV. You get on this page and it's just hilarious. I was at Scott and I are at Silverwood and he's on his phone. And he's like, oh my gosh, the rock got two people today. And he just busts <laughs> yeah. out laughing. And I'm like, yeah, cause there might wait. not be a post on the page for like six weeks. And you think like, oh, that guy's not running the page. And all of a sudden it's like the rocks back. The rock got its next victim. Uh, you know, uh, Nissan Altima. I mean, but it's, it's Nissan Altimas. There's Teslas that have gotten stuck yeah. on it. Like, cop cars have gotten stuck on it yeah cop cars like everybody and i haven't driven past it yet in person to see what uh, but it, it gets enough people that it must be hard to see it or people are just on their phones or distracted or whatever but i, yeah, I don't yeah. understand how so many people keep getting up on this rock but i'm afraid to go there because you know what if i did it you know then it's like the guy who talked what if it be, came from it'd be a great circle. news story it would like what if the rock got me you know oh that's great um, so we'll, we'll, we'll hop back on topic for a second yeah, no that's all right that's all good <laughs> i had to bring all that right. one up because it's just no, such a funny great. story and i think you know what anybody who's like i think those are the kind of things like in the enthusiast community that people would appreciate like those are just the weird kind of yeah. random things in life that uh kind of take off those are the things i talk about so like you see that like that's an example of what i do like the weird things that are going on in your community or something else that wouldn't necessarily like, you wouldn't send like a news reporter to that but just to say like hey this is a thing that's happening there's tens of thousands of people on this page like taking glee and people's uh ending up on this on this, on this rock you know <laughs> oh it's, that's it's so great yeah that's good okay well marcus we know you're short on time and we appreciate you coming on to the show. So we'll leave you with the last two questions. We ask every single person who come on the show. Yeah. What is your all time favorite theme park and your all time favorite roller coaster? Oh man. Uh, all time favorite theme park is tough. Um, we like I, to get people with these questions. We make them like suffer inside their heads. Like, yeah, Oh, what is it for a it's second? It's hard because I think like I have different connections to different parks. Right. So, um, to me, one of them, to me, as I mentioned, I just went to Knobles with my dad. And that was like where he grew up going. So like going there with him and riding all those rides and like just walking around and him telling the stories of, and that's just like a special place where it's free to walk in there. And if you've never been there, it's smaller, but it's definitely like something you have to go see because it's so unique and special 
So to me, that's like right up there at the top, if not number one, just because of my, you know, emotional connection to it. And I think a lot of these are emotional for people, right? Like we have like memories going to these parks where for a lot of people, it might be Disney World just because, man, it's hard not to go into Disney World and walk down that main street and see that castle and not be like, wow, this is just this is this is it like this is exactly what everybody in the theme park world is trying to do this they're trying to replicate this feeling right now that everybody feels when they walk down that street um so i would say Knobles for me um of course great america my backyard is a lot of memories there but like dollywood we brought that up i, I love dollywood like as far as like getting out of town and going somewhere that's a drive away for me but that is just a really that's an awesome park that has amazing food, great music and shows and thrill. They've got everything. They've got thrill rides. They've got the shows that are Christmas. Uh, thing they do for Christmas is some one of the best events, period, any park does. So Dollywood's right up there for me um, as well. So I would say between like Knobles and Dollywood would be like my one and two. Okay. I know. Did you ask me my favorite coaster? Was it? Just yeah. yeah. Favorite okay. roller coaster. This is. I uh... think. Yeah. I think. And. I, I, this is hard because I've only ridden it one time and that was this year I went to universal and I rode Velocicoaster and um, I didn't get to go to the media day because I was out of town, but they allowed me to, I went back down and they, they were able to get me on the ride. I was there with my kids and my family. So my kids are too young. They're eight and 11. We're like too scared to ride it. Um, but I went on it with my wife and I, it's, it's hard to say because again, I've only been on it one time. But like that came, that thing came back into the station. First of all, my wife who doesn't ride, she likes coasters, but she's not like me. And she said that might be the best thing I've ever been on. Like, cause she doesn't like going upside down, whipping around too much. It makes her feel sick. She didn't feel sick. Uh, it is like the, it is the perfect ride. I mean, it really is as far as it's got thrill, but it's not too crazy. Um, the theming is just outstanding. Uh, that last element over the water where you're doing that 360 spin, like there are things on that ride I haven't felt before on a coaster mm-hmm. and it's so darn smooth. Um, so I have to ride it more, but right now that's not, it's right up there. If not my number one coaster, but you know, steel vengeance. I absolutely love lightning rod is an amazing ride. I mean, that is, is, I haven't ridden it since they've redone it and redone the track and all that, but it's um, not as good in my opinion, but the yeah, ride you I, got the ride was, yeah, one of the best ever built. And yeah, you bring up Velocicoaster. Yeah. There's I mean, my first ride on it. And I think my face says it all. It's just like the pure like, what is happening. I mean, that is a ride I had such expectations for, and it absolutely blew away my expectations. Like it just and the the thing in the queue where you're where the coaster goes by and then the raptors are chasing it. Like when you put together the whole package of what they did with that and where they put it and how they incorporated the water. Um, that is just, that is an awesome ride. It is just, um, so I, I, I mean, between that and maybe Steel Vengeance or one and two, uh, Steel Vengeance, I've been on a lot more than Velocicoaster, so it's hard to say, but maybe I'll go on it again and I change my mind. But right now to me, I got off that and I'm like that, that's a, that it doesn't get any better. It does not get yeah. any better than that, that ride right there. That, yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. I've we, got we it in both... my backyard as a pass holder, so I, uh, I'm, I hate you. I'm spoiled. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm definitely spoiled. It lives up to all the hype, in my opinion. I love it. it does. Yeah, I got on it this summer. I was 
literally like, okay, I'm making a pilgrimage to go ride it, and it was well worth all of the hours and car troubles I went through to get yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, being in Florida, like that's just it's a cool time there, you know. With you got Iron Guazi opening hopefully in March, and uh, you know, I just got to go to Disney World for their fiftieth and got to go into the Guardians of the Galaxy building and actually walk in there and see that coaster inside that building, and. Uh, people don't know because they didn't, you know, they didn't allow us to take any videos or pictures when we were in there. But I was just blown away by the amount of track that's inside that's inside that building, and what that ride's gonna do in there. And uh, you're gonna launch backwards up into that building, and there are video screens basically everywhere in that building, all around, twisting around that track. And so those cars are gonna rotate, and you're gonna be pointing at those screens, screens up in the air. Um, all kinds of near miss objects in there and they're not even done putting in all the props and everything they told me that are going to be in that room. So, uh, it's going to be a really cool time to be in central Florida. I'm very mm-hmm. jealous of that. Like all the things <laughs> that are opening there and that you're going to get to have in your backyard. It's pretty darn yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for coming on and give us some time to sit down and talk about some roller coasters and everything. You're always welcome to come back on, and I know we can we can always come up with more questions to ask. So tell the people where they can find you, uh, and they want to tune in and watch about the Roselle Rock or hear about roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can find me on social media, just at Marcus Lashock on all platforms: Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I have a YouTube channel as well, which doesn't have a ton of stuff on it, but it does have a lot of my roller coaster segments from over the years. So if you just search Marcus Lashock on YouTube. And of course, WGN TV, if you're in Chicago, we're on the air every morning and WGNTV.com slash coasting. My uh, segment's coasting the country. So you can see a lot of my coasting the country segments up there. And uh, I would love to come back on someday when I've got something going on or anything like that. You guys are great. Um, your photography is amazing. Like you guys are oh, just really you. talented. So it's really keep keep at it. You guys are awesome. So I love your passion and your love for all things. Uh, theme Appreciate park. it. Yeah. We, we appreciate it. So quick couple things for the rest of y'all listening. Next week, we've got Mike and EB from Coaster Radio coming on. So get ready for that fun oh, stuff. Oh, cool. I love that show. Yeah, yeah we love – they're a big reason why I wanted to start the podcast. So getting to interview them, it's like, that's going to be fun. So I if was you on their ask, podcast for uh, Outlaw Run. After I was, did Outlaw Run, I was on their podcast. I, that I was remember cool that episode. Yeah, that was a highlight for me. I was like, oh, man, I love these guys. And that yep. was cool. I remember I told them that. They're like, you're on TV in Chicago every day. I was like, no, I'm more excited to be on your thing than I am to be on the news in Chicago. Don't tell my boss that, but I was geeking <laughs> out. I was geeking out. Yeah. So we've got them coming on next week. So if you've got questions you want to ask them, join our Discord. Link's in the description, and you can ask questions. Also, a great place to hang out with us, ask questions for the show. We post pictures, talk about roller coasters we've ridden. So definitely check that out if you're interested. Other than that, buy our friend Allison's book. Yes. Buy Jack's Still calendar. Link's everything in the description. All of the stuff is in the description. So Marcus, thank you again so much. And we will see y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the Twisted Travelers Podcast.